29. We'll receive our tithes and offerings tonight. Just a couple announcements real quick. You saw on there that this uh, Sunday night at five is our, our groups. You can go online and check the different groups. You can still be a part of those. Those are really, really good. And then our next partnership is a week from tonight, Wednesday, March 6th. It's kind of hard for me to say. Wednesday, March 6th. We're going to be in March next week. Time is moving here. So be sure to be a part of that if you'd like to know more about the church. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Okay, we begin here in, in 1 Chronicles chapter 29. I, I'm going to read several verses in this tonight, and I start here in verse number 1, and it says, Furthermore, King David said, To all the assembly... Now, I highlight what he said to all the assembly. Everybody, my son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is young, he's inexperienced, and the work is great because the temple is not for man, but for the Lord God. Now, for the house of my God, I have prepared with all my might gold for things to be made of gold, silver for things of silver, bronze for things of bronze, iron for the things of iron, wood for the things of wood, onyx stones to be set, glistening stones and various colors, all kinds of precious stones and marble slabs in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, my own special treasure of gold and silver. Now, what he talks about in this, and I'm talking about King David here, this is an illuminating scripture on giving. This, this is one of the best scriptures that you can find on giving. And so I, I pick back up here and, and watch real close or listen to the words he uses starting in verse six. Then the leaders of the father's houses, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the captains of the thousands and hundreds with officials over the king's work, they offered willingly they gave for the work of the house of God 5,000 talents, 10,000 derricks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. And whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord into the hand of Jel the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced, for they had offered willingly, because with a loyal heart they had offered willing to the Lord, and King David also rejoiced. Now, when I begin to look at this, pick up all the words that they said, that they, they offered willingly, they gave freely, they had a loyal heart, and even talked about that not only the people, but King David had said, they rejoiced at the opportunity to give. You know what that is? That's a cheerful giver. So when I'm reading this and I'm looking at the words that I just talked, a willing heart, a loyal heart, they were just so honored to give. Do any of those words describe you? Whew. Do I rejoice at the opportunity to give? And so right here, again, it's, it's a... It's a passage on the power of giving. And so he, he, was, he was so blessed to give to the house of God, King David was. It just, it just ministered right there. And so I, I pray that gets on, on every one of us. And we know in, in Corinthians that Apostle Paul said, God loves a cheerful giver. He loves cheerful givers. So let's pray here. Father God, we love you tonight. We honor you. 
We thank you again here that we get the opportunity to, to bless the house of the Lord. And Father God, we pray right now that within every one of us that we would have a willing heart, a loyal heart. And Lord, grace us to be cheerful even in the areas of our giving. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, it's good to see you here on a Wednesday night. We're going to jump right into the Word. If you've got a Bible, go with me to Jeremiah chapter 3. Jeremiah chapter 3, and then we'll come back into the New Testament and see how far we get tonight. Jeremiah 3, and so you're going to hear, you're going to hear a, a, a couple phrases and words throughout the night. And, and I believe the Lord is really wanting to put those in our hearts to, that we get these through the Word of God. Jeremiah chapter 3, begin with me in verse 14. He says, return. Turn back, O backsliding children, O fickle and wandering children. Now, to be backslidden means that at one time I had to have a relationship with the Lord, but I went backwards instead of forwards. Now, this is good news here. God gives an invitation Come back. Come on back. Return, O backslidden children, says the Lord. For I am married to you. I will take care of you, one from city, two from a family, and I will bring you to Zion. Now, when he says I'm married to you, this literally has the meaning God wants to be our husband. He wants to be in a covenant relationship with us. But the problem was, is they begin to serve idols. One of them over here, two of them over here, entire families. And so because of their worship with idols, it separated the covenant that God wanted with them. He said, I, I want to be a husband to you. Verse 15. And I will give you shepherds according to my heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Now, when you see the word knowledge, man, it's important that we get knowledge. Knowledge comes from the Word of God. And, and think about this when he says you got to get knowledge. Now, you're going to hear this a bunch tonight. The prophet Hosea said in Hosea 4, 6, he said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. I, I got to get knowledge. You got to get knowledge. So you know what that means? The knowledge that me and you got to get, we, it only comes from the Bible. And it's one thing to know the Bible and to know about the Bible. It's another thing to have the Word of God that, man, it gets on the inside of you. That, that there in Hebrews 4, it says the Word of God is to become alive and powerful. And so he said, get, get, get knowledge and get understanding. The word understanding here literally means to be wise, to behave wisely, to be instructed. And so we, we, we got to get instruction we gotta, we got to get the word day by day by day by day. Now, with that thought there, get understanding, get knowledge. Go back with me into the New Testament to, to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16. It's, it's an interesting night when I have so many scriptures written down up here that I had to bring me a little cheat sheet to even know where I was going tonight. I think, okay, Lord... You've got to help me put all this together. I've got so much Bible here tonight. So, Matthew 16. 
verse 1. Then the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now the Pharisees and the Sadducees were, were the religious leaders. They, they were religious groups in Israel. And in their eyes, they, they viewed themselves as spiritual giants. Now, what's crazy about these two is they had little in common. They were both div divided theologically, but in this situation, what brought them together is the opportunity to disdain Jesus, to put Jesus down. Now, here's what's, here's what's interesting about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Do you know they're still alive in Israel? You still see them. And how you know how they are is by their appearance. And so he brings up the Sadducees and the Pharisees and he says this, and they came and they tested him asking, would you show them a sign from heaven? We, we, we want a sign from heaven. We gotta have a sign from heaven. Now you'll hear this even brought back up later tonight, but when I gotta hear, have a sign from heaven, you better be careful. And Jesus will warn of this, verse two. He answered and said to them, when it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather for the sky is red. You have a saying, red sky at night, it becomes a sailor's delight. Verse three, and in the morning it will be foul weather today for the sky is red and threatening. So he says red sky in the morning, that's the sailor's warning. Now, what Jesus does right here, he, he responds with this meteorology lesson. And he says, you don't have to be a genius to make educated a guess about the weather. That, that, you don't have to see rainfall to predict it's going to rain. And so the next word is interesting, what he says. Hypocrites. He called the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Hypocrites, actors, more about performance than the things of God. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. A wicked or evil and adulterous generation, a moral, unfaithful generation, They seek after a sign. And he said, no sign shall be given to you except the sign of the prophet Jonah. And so what the Lord Jesus is saying here, they, they desired a, a custom-tailored performance. But Jesus said, you want a sign? I'll give you a sign. I'll give you a whopper of a sign. What was the sign? The raising of the dead. And so Jesus said, this is the sign you'll need. The resurrection of the Lord and Savior Jesus is the only sign you need. That's how powerful the resurrection of Jesus is. So when we look for a sign to validate who Jesus is, all I gotta go back to this. Do you believe that he's the resurrected Savior? I do, and what's powerful about this is, man, we are coming into Easter here within a month. And so, man, you get over on the resurrection. So he goes on to say in verse five, now, when his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. So in their eyes, they're thinking, man, who forgot the bread? We can't eat without the bread. Verse six, then Jesus said to them, take heed, be aware, 
Be on guard. Watch out. And be aware of the leaven, the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, Jesus' strong warning is here is the yeast or the leaven was false doctrine or false teaching. And so that's what the Pharisees and the Sadducees based everything on was false doctrine. That still happens to this day. That's why you want to get into the Bible, okay? And even in me, don't believe me, believe the Bible. The Bible's the only truth. It doesn't change. It says Psalm 119, it's forever settled in heaven. Verse 7. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, it is because we have taken no bread. The word reason here, they came to a conclusion. Now, it's obvious to us here by the scriptures that they're not on the same page as Jesus. Jesus isn't talking about bread in the natural, but that's what they're perceiving it as. That's their reasoning. Verse 8. But Jesus said, be aware of it. And he said to them, O ye of little faith, O ye that have such little faith, why do you reason among yourselves? Why do you draw conclusions among yourself? Now, how many of you have ever in here, in, instead of living by the word of God, that you gravitated more to your own reasoning, your own thoughts? Man, I've done that. And this is what I believe he's getting over. He's telling us your reasoning or man's reasoning doesn't trump the word of God, ever. And it's interesting that he uses the word, O ye of little faith, why do you reason? So is Jesus giving me and you a nugget in here? I, I believe he is. That when we don't hold fast to the word of God and we begin to get over that reasoning in our life, we're viewed then as having little faith. He goes on here and say, why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Verse nine. Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves or the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? Jesus said to him, have you forgotten when I fed the 5,000? Have you uh, not remembered when I did those things. Now, when I read this, when he talks about you don't understand or you don't remember, is he likening this to little faith? I, I don't understand and I don't remember the things that he's done for me. So just, just for a second, to understand, I gotta stay with the word but to remember, I go back into things of my life and I, I do a review in my life and it brings to remembrance of me. How many of you in here remember the faithfulness of God in your life? See, it's powerful to go back and do that. And so even in this, he's saying, just, just remember. Just remember how faithful you You guys, every one of you saw me feed the 5,000. You knew how it took place. And so again, I believe he's telling them here, 
You got to get understanding. And when you get understanding, it'll bring back to your remembrance. In verse 10, he says, nor the seven loaves or the 4,000 and how many large baskets you took up. And so when you're around the son of God, a lack of food's not a problem. Not at all. He proved that over and over. Verse 11. How is it you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the teachings? And so they thought it was a loaf of bread, but Jesus wasn't talking about food physically. He was talking about a spiritual food. Now remember this in Matthew 4, 4. The Bible says man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So I, 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 I gotta get in the word again day by day. So as bread is to the physical man, the Bible is to the spirit of man. And it's interesting here that the Lord Jesus says, you, you guys thought, you thought it was all about this physical bread, but I wasn't talking about that. Actually, when he says, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Watch what he highlights in verse 12. Watch this. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, think about this. This was the Lord Jesus. He gives us incredible warnings. You better be careful who you listen to and what you listen to. Because these guys were viewed as, man, they, they are ultra spiritual. But he's warning right here, they'll get you off. And so I, I heard a, a, a woman who's got an incredible social media follower. And several months back, she said to me this, this one day that I was eating lunch with her, she said, I love social media in the view of how many people you can reach just with one podcast, one teaching. But she said, what I hate about social media is when you begin to listen to a person, you don't know anything about them. You know zero about their character. You know zero about really how they live and stuff. And she said, this has become the downfall of the church in America that we prefer social media over the word of God. And I sat there and I looked at her and I thought, is this similar to the, the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? What, was this a, a warning here that, 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 that I... I, I got to stay with the word of God. I, I got to get, get there where in my life, I got to dig for the word of God. I got to search for the word of God. And, and I become a student of the word of God. And, and that's what will begin to change our lives when we say, Father God, not only do I hear your word, I'm going to obey your word. But it's interesting. He said, you got to get understanding and bring back to memory the things of your past. So I'm sitting there and I'm meditating on that today. And I thought of a couple physical analogies that I could give you, and I think this will help you just to remember what God's done for in your life. And so I can stand here before you and I can tell you this. I've, I've never gone without food. Now, that doesn't mean every meal I have a steak and all the trimmings, 
There's days that I remember, especially at Bible school, that all I had was bologna and peanut butter and jelly, but I still had food. And I've always had shelter. That didn't mean I had a, a three-bedroom, two-bath house. I lived in a single wide trailer, but I still had shelter. And, and so I go back. And then I think about this, even the area of a car. I didn't drive a brand new pickup. I drove a 1977 Toyota Corolla. But I still had transportation. And so sometimes I think it's good that we go back to our, our, our roots, our foundation, our beginning. And I, I keep going forward in my life from the beginning to where I'm at now. And I'm thinking, Father God, I remember your faithfulness. I, I remember your faithfulness. I've, I've never forgot your faithfulness. Now, just for a second, I want you to think about that. Think about how faithful God's been to us. And I believe this is what the Lord Jesus is saying. Don't forget how I fed the 5,000. Don't forget. Don't forget those things. Now, here for the next few minutes, I'm going to take you on a little journey. And you're going to have to stay with me because we're going to be in the book of Proverbs for quite a while. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. Now, I, I pray that every one of these scriptures, you soak in these, you marinate in these. You, you let the word of God come alive to you right here. Proverbs 2. Now, Proverbs is the book of wisdom. Here's your little homework assignment. If you've never started opening your Bible, start reading a chapter in the New Testament every day and then read a proverb every day. There's 31 proverbs. That's one every day, okay? So that's all you gotta do. How many times did I do that? You do that every day, okay? The rest of your life, that's your homework assignment. Proverbs chapter two, verse one. My son, if you receive my words, if you accept them, if you take them to heart, how do I get understanding? Right here. And treasure my commands with, within you. Now, it's an interesting word. He said, treasure them. If it's something that you treasure, you're really going to guard it. If you've got a 14-karat a, a gold a, a ring, you're not just going to leave that anywhere. You're going to lock that dude up. And so he likened the word to a treasure. Verse 2, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. I gotta get understanding. I gotta get to the place in the Bible where I just don't read the Bible, I understand it. One of the ways you do that is you ask Father God, you ask the Holy Spirit to give you the eyes of understanding. Lord, I wanna understand the Bible. I wanna read it. Some of the ways that is, is helpful is get you a a translation that's easy to understand. And I know there's people that are all King Jimmy, that's all, that's all, that's all. Sometimes you, get, you, you just gotta get into different translations. I'm telling you, they'll help you. It'll cause the Bible to come alive to you. Whether it's, it's the message, the Passion Translation, the Amplified, the New American Standard, the New International Version. I mean, there's so many out right now. Keep reading. Verse three. Yes, if you cry out for discernment, if you pray for discernment, Father God, I need discernment. I gotta get understanding. And you lift up your voice for understanding. 
Now it's going to be shocking to you how much that, that in the Proverbs it brings up the word understanding. It's over and over and over. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and you will find the knowledge of God. Now in that lump of, of five verses there, there's incredible truth there. Do you know the only one that can make that reality is you? And so sometimes that takes what we call a spiritual discipline. I'm telling you, you gotta, you gotta be disciplined to get into the word. It's, it's gotta become priority. Let me ask you something right now for that. How many of you in here have to be told when to eat? I don't have to be told when to eat. You know what, when I'm hungry, I go to the cupboard, I go to the refrigerator, I eat. But see, a lot of times, spiritually, we, we don't get that way. But that's the spiritual discipline. That's the classroom of responsibility where I go before God and say, I gotta get in the word. I gotta get in the word. Okay, the next one, Proverbs 3, verse five. Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. And lean not on to your understanding. Your own, don't lean on to your own understanding. So we go back to what the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 16, be careful that you begin to reason yourself out of the promises of God. You'll believe man before you'll believe God. He goes on to say, in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Now that's a promise. You want God to direct your paths? Then acknowledge him. Father God, I acknowledge you. I need your help today. Proverbs 4, verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing, the top of your list. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. There it is again. So when I get wisdom, I get understanding, but where does wisdom come from? I believe the wisdom comes from the, the word of God, the Bible. The Bible tells us everything. Do you know the Bible gives us a blueprint for everything in our life? The Bible is buried treasure, though. Sometimes you got to dig for it, okay? You got to get in there and begin to have a hunger for the Word of God. Keep going with me. Proverbs chapter 9, verse number 6. For, forsake foolishness and live, and go in the way of understanding. Now, I would venture to say, every one of us in here, for, before we got born again, we lived foolish. Some of us lived a little more foolish than others, and I'm probably talking about myself. But he's interesting, and he says, you want to live? Forsake foolishness. How does that happen? You got to go in the way of understanding. In other words, I, I got to start living how the Bible tells me to live. And so literally what he's telling us here, that in James 1, it talks about be a doer of the word and not hearers only. So it's one thing to read the Bible. It's another thing to gain understanding of the Bible. But it's another thing that I got to go ahead and obey the Bible. I got to do it. The Bible does me no good unless I obey it. Now, off of that, in Joshua chapter 1, the Lord said to Joshua, he said, Joshua, be strong and good courage. Be strong and a good courage. Be brave. Be a good courage. 
And then he said a couple things. This is Joshua 1, verses 8 and 9. And he said to him, he said, don't let this book of the law depart out of your mouth. You got to get the word of God in your mouth. You know what that means? Speak the word of God. Start saying over yourself what God's word says. If God's word says I'm more than a conqueror, then I'm more than a conqueror. That's Romans 8, 37. Begin to speak the things of God. You'll begin to see a change in your life when you speak the things of God day by day by day by day over yourself. Then he said, you gotta meditate on the word. You gotta renew your mind to the word of God. Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of my mind to the word of God. You know what that means? I gotta speak in line with the word of God and I gotta think in line with the word of God. And then the third thing he said, and you gotta obey the word of God. You gotta do the word of God. I gotta act on the word of God. The end of that verse, it says, then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. How's that take place? It's all based on the word of God. Look at uh, Proverbs 23. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 23. He said, buy the truth, embrace the truth, and do not sell it. In other words, hold on to the truth. Hang on to the truth. Also, wisdom and instruction and understanding. I got to hang on. You, you, you got to give birth to these right here. You got to give birth to wisdom, instruction, and understanding. So again, the whole night we hear this over and over and over and over. And so I believe God is wanting, he's wanting to saturate us in understanding. So here's this journey for every one of us. The starting point is when you get born again. That's not the end point as a Christian. That's your starting point. And then we, we are called to grow as, as a baby grows physically, we are to grow spiritually. The only way me and you are going to grow is I got to get in the Word of God. Some days, some months, some years, it may seem like you're just taking baby steps, but that's still progress. And then other years, you're going to take huge leaps. And so I'm, I'm growing year by year by year by year by year, and it's just staying with the Word of God. And so I want to encourage you here for these last few minutes. You got to start, okay? You got to start. And we're still here early in this year. And it's the only way you're going to gain understanding. But we need a spiritual discipline. Where I say, Father God, how many are disciplined in your eating? Anybody in here disciplined in your eating? I know there's some of you. Ooh, we, need, we better talk on eating here. <laughs> At least you're honest. <laughs> See, there's, there's certain things in, in your life that sometimes if you go to a doctor and you're eating and they'll look at you and say, hey, uh, I, I had a, a physical, I go once a year. I'm under protest on doing that, but I go anyhow. And so I went and they told me, they said, hey, you're good in all the areas of your life, but one area. And they said, your, your blood sugar's a little high, pal. So I've, I've become very aware of what I eat and drink. I mean, I'm, I'm watching sugar right now. I, I've never read so many bottles and boxes. I'm always looking, what's the sugar content? What's the sugar? And I'm telling you, there's, there's things that I used to like to eat. I don't get near them. 
And it's become a spiritual discipline. I mean, there was the other day that, that my wife had these, these candy bars. This is old school, though. This is real old school. How many of you ever heard of a cherry mash? <laughs> my dad loves those. Well, in his, his Christmas stocking, we would put those in there. Well, we did it a year ago. Man, I started looking at the sugar content of those. I mean, those are nothing but a, a, a grave sentence. That's all that is. So those cherry mashes, they, they sat in my cupboard for a year. And just like a week or two ago, I, I took the trash to the dumpster and I dump it in there and I look and, and there's all those cherry mashes. Shelly would stuck them in there, she threw them away. And I kind of looked at them like, should I dumpster dive and pull them dudes out? <laughs> and then I realized, oh, I, I can't do that. See, it becomes a, a discipline and the reason I do that, you know what? I, I want to live a long, healthy life. Well, it's the same spiritually. It becomes a spiritual discipline in this area. And so you've got to make appointments. This is the only way that God begins to move in the area of our lives, but even in the area of faith. I, I got to stay with the word of God. I, I got to get understanding. So what's the areas of your life right now that you say, Lord, I, I need improvement in this area? I need help in this area. None of us start where we're this scholar. We all begin, and, and I say this a lot, every sacrifice is based on preference. So I'm gonna have you stand up here these last couple minutes. Do I have a desire to get understanding? Do I have a desire for the things of God, the word of God? Why don't you bow your head here with me? Father God, we stand before you today. And Lord, grace us with your word tonight. Grace us to love your word. Grace us to love the, the opportunity to get understanding. And Father God, we pray right now through the power of the Holy Spirit that Holy Spirit, you would give us eyes of understanding. That you would cause the word to become alive and powerful within every one of us. And Father God, we, we thank you right now. We thank you that you said in, in John 8, only the truth sets us free. And so Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. Grace us to be stewards of your word. So, Lord, as we get ready in here, I, I pray a blessing over everyone in here right now. That I sense this with some of you, that this will be a year of incredible spiritual growth. But it'll come from your appetite for the Word of God. And so 10 months from now, you'll look in the rearview mirror of life and you'll say... Man, I've really grown in 2024. I've grown in understanding. I've grown in knowledge. I've grown in wisdom. Or you'll say, seems like my growth was stunted this year. And so Holy Spirit, if you feel comfortable, just this last minute, raise your hands here to heaven. Holy Spirit, do a work within us today. Do a work within us, Father God changes from the inside out right now. 
And we thank you that you're still the God of miracles. And so I ask, Lord, that you, you breathe on every one of us in here right now. That our year of 2024 will be a year that spiritual doors will begin to open like we've never seen. And so, Lord, we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Get in the Word, and God will get into you. Make appointments with the Lord, okay? Bless you. I'm going to dismiss you. If you need prayer.